Welcome, everybody, to the Nuggets of Gold podcast. Today, I'm here with Jake, and we're going to do a quick preview for the 49ers Sunday night football game against the Eagles. Uh, We'll be talking a lot about the Eagles just because they're a pretty polarizing team right now. They have not looked good. They're 0-2-1. Carson Wentz has looked horrible. There's a stat right now that if if he throws like over – if Russell Wilson was to throw over 45 interceptions – then his quarterback rating would still be higher than Carson Wentz's. So Wentz has just been struggling. So we'll get into him a little bit, but I'd like to introduce my co-host today. And that is going to be Jake. Jake, you want to say hi to everyone? Yeah, what's going on? I'm excited to uh, get back into this. Uh, Becoming quite frequent on here. So I'm just ready to jump right in, man. All right. Yeah. So, so I want to start out with talking about the fact that Debo Samuel and George Kittle are both back this week. And that's got to be super exciting for 49er fans. I tweeted something out, basically said, hey, if you're the 49ers, like you're getting your explosive guys back and the league's got to be beware. Because when they have Devo Samuel and George Kittle, you know, and Brandon Ayuk, that combo of those three guys, the, the explosiveness at receiver is so, so elite. And so – this offense is it's built like Kyle wants to build an offense and they might not have like some, like these really good possession receivers or these super great downfield threats, but you could say Ayuk is going to, is potentially going to become that, but these guys, their yak ability, that's what separates them from other players. And they're so good at it where they're going to work in this offense so well. And if you're a team that has linebackers or safeties that aren't very good, this is a horrible matchup for you because they're going to get not only those three guys, but the Jet McKinnons, even the Ross Dwellies, Jordan Reed's out right now, but when he comes back. And they have all of these guys that can just match up on linebackers, and it's going to be so tough for them. So I'm super excited for Even though there's no Jimmy this weekend, I think that the offense is going to look a lot more explosive. And I'm sure we're going to have a couple plays where we just see guys running wide open downfield. Are you kind of feeling the same way, Jake? Yeah, so I, I do want to pull back just a bit. Um, I know what everyone thinks when they hear, you know, Kittle is back and um, Debo is back. You know, they're, they're getting amped up. They, they think this is going to be the high-flying offense. I do want to pull back just a tad, though. Um, I like Nick Mullins. He's a good quarterback, but he's not Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, with Nick Mullins, it's very – you know, short, quick reads. You're not going to see him pushing the ball downfield a ton. Um, he did make a few throws deep downfield last week, but I mean, that's partially because it's the Giants and they're just not very good at coverage. But um, I think Debo would be back in a very limited capacity. We were talking before the show. Right now, my prediction is, you know, maybe 50 or 60 total yards. I just don't see him playing out there as like a guy who's, you know, all of a sudden, you know, week one, he's back. He's going to get, you know, 120 yards receiving. I just don't see that happening. Kittle's a tough guy. um, So I could definitely see him being in the realm of 80 to a hundred yards. You know, this guy could go out there on a broken foot and still catch, you know, passes and run for 200 yards. So I do think his role would be a little bit bigger, but I I just want to remind people that, um, with with Nick Mullins, we're not going to see probably what we saw last weekend, 
Um, we do have to remember that, you know, this is a, a lot better defense than what the record shows. Um, Darius Slay is a good corner. They have good guys up front. The ball is going to be out quick. Uh, and I do kind of expect us to try and uh, rush the ball, even if it is forced, because I think Kyle's going to want to set up play action and get guys open when he can. Yeah, and, and so one thing I want to bring up as well is that I think the biggest weakness for the 49ers this week is the fact that the corners are very depleted. I think Akello's going to play, but Eman's out. He didn't practice in the last practice for the Niners. Um, Akello had full full participation, so that's good. But it seems like Dante Johnson's going to get that spot in the secondary corner role, which I kind of thought was weird because Jason Verrett looked pretty good last week. And it's they're lucky because the Eagles wide receivers are – are detrimental right now. Like they have no one. Deshaun Jackson, uh, he's gone. JJ Arkea Whiteside, he's gone. Alshon Jeffrey, he practiced in a limited fashion. Um, let's see. Marquise Goodwin, he's out. Like they just don't have many guys. I know that earlier in the week, this wasn't this wasn't on a Thursday or Friday, but earlier in the week, they had one receiver like on their active roster practicing. Like it was something like that. Like it was really bad. I got an alert from that. But if you're going to have, like, okay, oh, no, like, the big injury is that Dante Johnson is going to have to start, and it's like, okay, there is not their top guys. Like, none of their top guys, none of their top options are there. That's a big deal. Um, and especially because the Niners are meeting this Eagles team right now at a good time. The Eagles have struggled. They just tied the Bengals. And while Joe Burrow is a fantastic player, and I think he's already proven that this year, that he's, like, going to be a real, real good quarterback in the NFL – the Bengals are a horrible roster and the Eagles, the Eagles aren't that great of a roster as they once were, you know, the, the Doug Peterson Super Bowl win and Nick Foles and everyone like that. Like most, a lot of those guys are still there, but a lot of them are a lot older, a lot more banged up. I know Fletcher Cox, I think he's out because he didn't practice as well. So they just have a, a huge group of guys that aren't there. Their offensive line's pretty messed up right now as well, where they're just, the Niners are meeting them at the right time because Say it, and I don't know when the rest of the NFC West plays the Eagles, but if they play them in two months, that can be a completely different Eagles team. And, and that's what we wanted to kind of like stress is that the Eagles might be struggling, but they have a ton of talent still. And they're coached really well. And it's not just going to be like, oh, yeah, super easy win. I think I told you, Jake, and, and Nick Mullins is going to be starting. And I told you, if Jimmy starts, I'm like 90% confident this is a win. With Nick, more like 60 to 65 and that's not to knock Nick Nick has been great as a backup but he just isn't as talented as Jimmy Garoppolo and and a lot of Niners fans I don't know I think they they overrate Nick um Kyle Shanahan kind of said it said it perfectly he's like no Nick Mullins is not going to surpass Jimmy as a starter Jimmy's a better player like that's how it is and so that kind of stuff just not having Jimmy because I can tell you, when Jimmy's there, the Niners win a lot, and we've seen that. So that's my, my biggest concern would be the, the cornerback two spot, um, some of the injuries for the Niners, but then that's almost countered by the Eagles. So I think this one really is going to come down to what does the Eagles' offense look? How does Carson Wentz look? Do they kind of flip the switch a little bit because they haven't looked good? But th that's a team that can. So, Jake, do you want to kind of get into, like, Carson Wentz struggles but the potential that's still there? Yeah, of course. So. I mean, look, 
we, we, we know the stats. Carson Wentz is on the hot seat in Philly. I think that seems pretty apparent, but the arm talent is there. I mean, I've, we've seen him do it. I've seen him in previous years. He looks fantastic. Um, if Zach Ertz is healthy, that's still, you know, a number one target. He's going to act as their number one receiver. And I think people forget one of the biggest issues for the 49ers is running game. And, you know, you might be like, oh, well, look, the 49ers are ranked number one against the rush. All right, let's relax on that because the 49ers the last two weeks played a Saquon Barkley-less Giants and they played the Jets who don't have Le'Veon Bell. That's why they're number one against the rush. Do I need to remind people that last week, Daniel Jones was the leading rusher for the New York Giants. Like, there's a reason we've been number one against the rush. Go back and watch the Arizona Cardinals game, and that's all you need to know about our struggles against the rush. We're not that great against, you know, rushing attacks that are good. Carson Wentz can move. Uh, You know, he still has decent legs. And, you know, it's not like Miles Sanders is a scrub. I mean, this guy could easily rush for over 100. Um, so I think those are the things on the defensive side of the ball that I'm most worried about. You brought up um, Dante Johnson starting. I mean, that's literally probably one of the worst-case scenarios, <laughs> really. But, I, I mean, you know, like we said, it's a depleted wide receiving core. You just hope that, you know, he can just hold his own um, and look, if he gives up a million catches in front of him, at least it's in front of him and he can hopefully make the stop. I would much rather a guy get beat underneath than over the top, you know, a hundred times out of a hundred. But, um, offensively, the thing that concerns me a little bit is, uh, you know, you bring up Nick Mullins. Look, anytime you don't have your starting quarterback, yes, I believe that Mullins can hold it down. But, you know, he's a guy who gets the ball out fast, like we were saying. He's, you know, since, you know, the beginning of him starting, he's always been a guy who is, you know, quick slant or hit a guy on a curl or check down or, you know, he's going to hit, you know, jet out of the backfield. Like, he doesn't really push the ball deep down the field. And the Eagles are a well-coached defense. Jim Schwartz is not a dummy. He knows exactly what he's doing as a defensive coordinator one of the better defensive coordinators in the league, in my personal opinion. Um, and if he starts picking up on this, he's going to start pressing guys. And it's going to force Cal Shanahan to, you know, have to start making some decisions offensively. So there definitely are some concerns on both sides of the ball. Um, it's just, you know, how well can we manage those concerns? And uh, I think, honestly, in what's being deemed as the injury bowl, it's going to be who can coach better than the other team. Yeah, and and Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz are both very, very good coaches. Um, but, it, like, this Eagles team, it just seems like since the Super Bowl, they've always been super banged up. And that's how they are right now. Carson Wentz is in a funk. I brought up that it would take him – what was it? Russell Wilson, 45 interceptions. And then Carson Wentz would still have a, it was either a QBR or passer rating that would still be below. Um, I don't know. The thing is Carson Wentz is a damn good player at times. And the 49ers defense isn't, they're not all there. They don't have Richard Sherman. 
Um, but I still feel pretty confident that they're going to be able to slow the Eagles. I do. And I never, I never have felt since Kyle Shanahan has been here that they're going to ever just go out and just put a dud on offense. Not one time I've ever felt that way. So what I kind of think it's going to like this game's going to kind of be is I think it's going to be a blowout and I'm not like super confident, but I'm, I would lean that the 49ers beat the Eagles by multiple scores. Um, but if it's a close game, I don't like it that well. Like, I don't like, I don't want to be in that situation where it's okay. Like it's going to come down to the last drive for either of the teams. I don't feel confident in that because I would not like Nick Mullins in that position. And as we've seen, like that's the reason why the Niners win a lot is because Jimmy's a closer and they don't have Jimmy this week. So what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to go on Sunday night football. You're going to have to do it. Hopefully do what you did against the Packers last year, because that was a big game. You know, it, it, this kind of reminds me of that where like the Packers were good, but they weren't like everyone knew that the Niners were much better. And, and I guess that's not really a, a fair comparison. I feel like this is more, I guess this is more like the Browns game. I think that's a better a better like spot because the Niners were still they had a lot of guys hurt their offense wasn't really like all there, um, so with Nick Mullins the defense has to has to come out there and ball out Javon Kenlaw Eric Armstead those guys up front have to be really good Fred Warner this could be another Fred Warner big game he already has a pick this year I would love to see a Fred Warner pick six on Carson Wentz and we've seen Wentz just throw it straight to guys like straight to oh this guy right there. And he's taking it back. And when he's struggling like this and he doesn't have his receivers to get in a rhythm with, which which I'm not like completely blaming Carson Wentz. Like this has got to be tough as hell for him. Their offensive line isn't all there. They have Miles Sanders, but it's like every time it's like, oh, I'm going to get in the rhythm with that, this guy. Oh, look, Jalen Rieger. Oh, he broke his hand. He's out for two months. Like it's so, it's got to be so frustrating for him. And some of the throws, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, Carson, you're, you're fine. Don't worry about that one. Like, they've been bad throws, but he's been forcing it because he doesn't have his guys. And if you try to force the ball against the Niners, it does not end well. Like, you have to play very sound offense. You have to make very good decisions because they fly around. And guys like Kawan, all those linebacking quarter, like, all those guys are going to – it's going to be tough. Um, and you look at, okay, who's the best player on the Eagles offense? Zach Ertz. And – the Niners cover tight ends pretty damn well. You know, if Kwaski Tart, if Jimmy Ward, they might get switched onto him. That's, that's worst case scenario, I feel like, too. But most of the time, it's going to be Fred. It's going to be Quan. going to be Dre. Like, or Dre, Dre's probably out. Um, but it's going to be, like, those guys covering him. And it's mostly going to be Fred. And I'm very confident that Fred will be able to cover Zach Ertz, who doesn't look like the best Zach Ertz we've seen. Not quite that same guy anymore. Not that he's bad. He's still a very good tight end. But... I just like the matchup for the Niners on defense, but it's still hard because like they've lost so many guys and they've played the Jets and the Giants who are atrocious. I mean, we just saw the Broncos go out there and put 37 on the Jets. Like <laughs> that's yeah. not, that's, it doesn't mean like the Niners, like those wins don't really mean all that much. They're important in the long, in the long run because they're two wins when you have almost your whole roster gone. Like that's why they're important. They're not showing like, Oh, the Niners are good. I still believe the Niners are good. Like I, I've talked about this, and in the future, I'm gonna we're gonna do an episode on the show. Like, where does the 49ers defense rank with no Bosa and no D Ford? Um, and hopefully Sherman's back soon. But like moving forward, like I, it's gonna be interesting to see where they rank because I still think they're they're the top ten defense. I mean, they're like their linebacking core, their safeties. Like, they have a lot of positions where it's just like they still got guys. 
and they're coached really well. And so if you're matching up against this Eagles team that is, or really Carson Wentz that makes a lot of mistakes, this could be one of those games where it's like, oh my God, Wentz looks bad. And I think there's a very strong chance that's the case. But also, if Wentz comes out there and he's humming, that is not that is not what the 49ers want. So I think this game is really going to come down to how do these safeties, linebackers, and defensive line play. I don't think it's going to matter that much about the corners. We kind of know what's going to be out there. You got a Kelly, you got Dante Johnson. They're going to need some help. But those positions, they have to ball out. And it's Sunday Night Football, so not there's not mo- a, much of like a better time to ball out than Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I mean, you br- so you bring up the Browns game last year. And I feel like this is how it is every year as a 49er fan. When the season is in its infancy, right, when we're just kicking off in September, there's always questions around the team. It was like that two years ago um, prior to Garoppolo tearing his ACL. Uh, it was like that last year. You know, are we the pretenders or are we real? And it's going to be like that this year as well, just because when you look at how many guys have gone down for us, historically that doesn't really uh, bode well for teams. So I actually really like the comparison um, to the Browns game because while the Browns weren't the best team, right? I mean, we all kind of knew that going into week four, the Browns really weren't great. Yeah, they had a good roster, but you know, they, they weren't going to light the world on fire. Once we established that and the 49ers still came out and kicked ass. I mean, that kind of showed you for the rest of the season what this team was about. They had a, an amazing defensive performance. I, I don't remember the final score exactly. I want to say it was like 27 to 10, but that was, was our over. first. It was over on the first play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Brita goes to the house on what, like a 90-something yard touchdown, 80-something. Yeah. I mean, it was, he was gone. And I think that if we come out with a win like that, then for the rest of the season, no matter who is out, I'm confident in the squad going forward. If it's a close game, like you're saying, then I have some reason to be concerned because now there are, you know, clear and obvious holes on our team. Cornerback being a one with all the injuries, you know, maybe Maybe this week we don't get pressure on an offensive line that is one of the worst in football. I mean, I just want to remind you, these guys in week one gave up, I think, five sacks to Ryan Kerrigan, who, look, great, great Redskin, or excuse me, great, great football team player. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, not really that great of a pass rusher. The fact that he had like so many sacks week he had, one. He had two, but I think that like okay, well, I think their defensive a, line is it like a unit had like eight or nine, like okay, something okay. crazy. It was I don't know where I got that number from, but yeah, he, <laughs> they were getting a lot of pressure on Wentz, and they're even more banged up now. Jason Peters is out for the game that we're facing them, so the like when you look at our line, right, Kinlaw. DJ Jones, Eric Armstead, um, Kerry Hyder. Hyder, yeah, I was just going to bring him up. If they don't get pressure this week, I will be very concerned. They've generated good pressure in previous weeks, but we're not really seeing the sack totals, and that's a little bit concerning to me. 
um, because sacks are huge. Um, they're drive killers a lot of time. You know, if you're on second and seven and you get, you know, a five yard sack, well, now it's, you know, third and way long. And that's oftentimes a drive killer. And we're not really seeing a lot of those kinds of sacks anymore. And maybe it's that we don't have the bookends like Bosa and Armstead, or maybe it's that we don't have the pressure getting bulldozed up the middle with uh, Buckner anymore. Um, but I would like to see at least two to three sacks up front. Um, and I just want to feel after this, you know, this week, I want to have a pulse on the team. I want to know, you know, despite the injuries, is this team legit or is this team kind of just hanging in there because, okay, they have good coaching, but, you know, we can see this might not be a playoff team or maybe they are a playoff team, but they get bounced early. That's really what I want to know. I want to get a good idea of what this team is about this week. So I want, I want to kind of say like three things to wrap it up. One, Terry Hyder, he's making like a million dollars. And I think it was PFF did some like metric where like it valued like his, like his statistics, like how much he would at, like average for a year, like a year salary. And it was 15 million up to this point. So Terry, keep, keep that up and you'll get a nice extension coming your way in the future. Probably not 15, but you know, he can make a, a pretty penny with, if he keeps playing well this year and he has the opportunity. Um, and so I want to ask you, who is like the guy, the player this year or this game that you think is like the player of the game? And it could be offense or defense. I'm going to go with George Kittle. It's kind of an easy one. But George Kittle just balls out during Sunday night, like during primetime games. He's going to be hungry, and Nick feeds Kittle the ball. We've see, we saw that a couple years ago. Now, this team is more talented, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, there's like a, a deep Ayuk or Debo or someone else gets like a big touchdown, and, and it's, but it's the Kittle day. Like, Kittle's just there. You know, he has like eight, eight, ten, eight to ten catches, over 100. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. That's who I got. So, Jake, who do you have for the player of the game, I guess? Yeah, so for me, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. Um, I think for me, the reason why I'm going defense is because I trust Shanahan so much that, I mean, I don't care who he has on the field. Uh, I'm pretty confident. I mean, look, with, with our backups in week one, aside from Garoppolo, he's still dropped, what, 20 on the Cardinals? I, and that was before Sanu, Ayuk, Debo, even Kittle got hurt. So, you know, the fact that he was jogging out there with Trent Taylor, uh, Ross Dwelly, Jordan Reed, uh, Dante Pettis, and he still dropped 20. That's why I kind of lean more to the fact that I think defense is going to be key in this game. I'm going with a sleeper. I'm going to Eric Armstead. I think he needs to feast on this offensive line. Look, we paid this guy, what, $18 million this offseason, and He's a great, great player. Uh, I'm a big fan of Armstead. But listen, if you're going to be the dog of that defensive line with no Ford, no Bosa, um, you got to put up the numbers. And like you're saying, Kerry Hyder is fantastic, you know, and, and he's getting paid way less than he should be up to this point. But for the guy who is getting paid a lot, I need to see two, two and a half three sacks minimum against this line, especially if he's going to be getting lined up against a tackle not named Lane Johnson or not named Jason Peters. I mean, he should have a field day, um, at least be generating pressure. 
Um, and I think that if he's disruptive in this game, it'll be a blowout because like I was saying earlier, sacks, pressures, those are oftentimes drive killers. Just anything to result in either a loss on the play or no yardage is huge. And we need to see more of that, especially from Armstead. I would say one thing about the sacks. That's a lot of sacks. And Armstead is, I think he's like a top five player in getting double teamed. And that was last year with, you know, Buckner, Bosa, and Ford. Well, Ford for like half the year. But he gets double teamed so much. And he even gets triple teamed a lot because he's such a monster. And teams just have to like take him out of it. But, but it's like, I think that you can see his impact in other ways too. Because they might very well go, okay, we're going to double team Eric Armstead every single time. And then other guys have a good game. You know, Javon Kinlaw has a good game because of Eric Armstead. So I think a lot of it depends on like what the Eagles are trying to do. But if he's matched up on one-on-ones, he has to dominate. I completely agree with that. Um, the one thing I want to like finish off on is I think this game is a big deal for Robert Sala. Because, you know, Bosa's gone, right? Like that's a huge blow. Well, you play the Jets and the Giants. Now you play the Eagles, who have a coach in Doug Peterson, who is a great play caller, very intelligent person. And you got to show that you're this really good defensive coordinator because there was a lot of questions going into last season. And, and I'm, I'm a believer in Robert Sala. Now, I wasn't going into last season. I was like, okay, dude, like this is not working out. They get, they get a ton of guys up front. You know, they get D Ford. They get Nick Bosa completely changes right if the Niners are going to be good Robert Sala has to be good and I don't I don't know enough about like defensive play calling and calling blitz blitzes and other things like that but I would have to say that like this has got to be a big game for him because if he comes out there and and Doug Peterson's picking that defense apart and, and granted, not everyone's there, but that's going to be a, a, a red flag, at least like a decent red flag, because he's got to come. And if he comes out there and Doug Peterson can't do anything, and this is like a Niners defense that's totally depleted, then look at the, like, the team's going to believe so much in, in Robert Sala. You know, if he calls a couple, like, if it's like a 14-10 game in the second quarter, and the Eagles have back-to-back drives, and they're like around midfield, and he, you know, back-to-back, like, big big pressure calls on blitzes and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, what a defensive play call by Robert Sala. That can be a huge momentum boost going into the future. Because say, you know, a guy like Kwaski Tart or Quan Alexander, these guys that get, have, have a tendency to get banged up a lot, they go down. It's like, no worries. Like, we're going to be fine. Robert is going to bail us out. He's going he's gonna to scheme up stuff. Like, we're going to be fine. So I don't know how you feel about that, but I think this is a massive game for Robert Sala. And honestly, if he does really well this year, I would, I would be so surprised if he's not a head coach after this season, which I don't want to see him leave because there's been a lot of success. And we definitely know that if you have a lot of turnover in the NFL, it, it gets a lot harder to win. But he has a chance to just make some money for himself and really show that like he's a legit defensive coordinator and he's a head coach candidate. So I think that's a big thing. Of, like The biggest takeaway can be from this game is what is Robert Sala? And, and I believe in him. And I think that we might see some, some sweet blitz calls and stuff like that and some creativity to kind of confuse Wentz and do some stuff like that. So I'm excited for it. Um, I'm going to be like really focusing on their, like how the defense is working. I'll probably watch like the coaches film after and see like if there's anything like really interesting on film about it, but 
I'm stoked for Robert Saul in this game. Hopefully he can outduel Doug Peterson because that would be a massive win for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, to your point, I am a huge Robert Saul fan. Um, like you were saying, though, I was a little bit of a skeptic on him in the first two seasons, um, but we do have to kind of pull back and remember that. I mean, those were pretty atrocious defenses. I think a lot of Sala's success comes from what can the front four do? Um, you know, like you were saying, he does dial up blitzes, but I, a lot of his defense is can my front four generate pressure by themselves? Um, because, you know, in the NFL, pressure makes coverage better. It doesn't matter if your corners are getting burnt. Like, let's just say Sherman's getting burnt downfield a lot of times quarterbacks either don't have the space to make that kind of throw or they just don't have the time, it's, you know, especially when you have a front four that's collapsing. Um, I kind of dropped stock on Sala a bit after the Super Bowl. I know that, I mean, you could call those drives what you will. Uh, you know, it's Mahomes. He's insane. It's also a bit lucky. But, um, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, as the defensive coordinator, he wasn't dialing up plays necessarily to his best of abilities. Um, and also, you know, he had players getting kind of torched, you know, I don't want to bring back bad memories, but we all know the Watkins play on Sherman. We know the third and 15, that's more Mahomes and partially blown coverage. And, you know, down the stretch, obviously both sides of the ball were pretty bad, but getting back to the point, I really think it's concerning, you know, looking at the last few weeks, quarterbacks have been able to run on us a lot. And I don't know if Wentz is going to be an exception. So for me, what I'm keying in on is, are we going to be able to stop the run? And is Doug Peterson going to be dialing up quarterback runs? And, you know, if he is, if he's doing it often, are we going to be able to limit Wentz? Um, you know, that's really my main concern is, can we stop the run? Um, Salah's already proved that at full strength, he can stop the pass. I really, really, really want to see him key in and stop the run this week. And with all those Eagles injuries, you stop the run, you somewhat shut down Zach Ertz. That's a recipe to win right there. Um, but with all that stuff said, I think this is about time to wrap it up. So I just want to say thanks for everyone who's, who's listening. And let's see if 49ers win on Sunday night football. And three and one looks pretty good if you have the Dolphins and the Rams coming back. And hopefully Jimmy back at least against the Rams. So let's go Niners. I think they got a, a big shot to win it. And I, I think there's a big chance they win big. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone.